Say your name and what you do. Chris Velosky, and I own a business. <laughs> Hi, my name is Marissa Kelly, and I also own a business. This is the Business AF Podcast, where it's all business most of the time. So today we're going to um, be heavily focused on um, Chris's business because um, he is very skilled in what he does, but a lot of the um, technical background and information that he has in his brain um, is sometimes um, overlooked, I guess, by people that are building a business or focusing on a product that they, they have an idea about. And so we're going to get into some of the background of what UI UX is. And um, if you have questions, go ahead and ask them in the chat window. Um, but, you know, it's 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, so sometimes people are not here. Um, it's okay, you know, if you're watching on the replay or live, that's, that's fine. Um, you can also leave questions in the comments. Yeah, definitely. So, um, Chris, uh, very simply, if you can if you can describe, can you move your camera? Yeah, if you can um, describe what UI UX is. Um, I'd really is a cup of coffee pretty much in the morning <laughs> put out fires uh so yeah let's try to um sorry just plug in the battery so for people who don't know what ui ux is and uh people who are just hearing this term for the first time or maybe several times and still don't understand what it is um the simplest way that I can really explain what it is, it's um, pretty much the process that comes before development or should be the process that comes before software development on a particular product, whatever the product is. Uh, and the reason for that being is because UI UX is the research behind it. UI UX is not even UI UX, UX first comes before. What does UX stand for? So UI stands for user interface and UX stands for user experience. And um, in, the, in, the, in a real, in, a, in like a day-to-day -day practice as a professional, the UX comes before the UI. So the user experience will come before the user interface. Um, and the reason for that is, is because the user experience is pretty much the flow of the application, understanding your demographics and users of who's using your product um, and doing the research behind that to ensure that the audience that you're trying to reach has a clean and simple way of accessing information on your product and being able to achieve their task efficiently. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, whatever the product may be, you know, like some famous ones uh, that invest heavily into UI UXs like Airbnb, Google, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I have almost any large tech enterprise company that you can think of at this point now. And I think we're starting to see that now into also medium-sized companies and even smaller-sized companies uh, mm -hmm. with 10 or less. Um, because uh, moving down here to San Diego, I was able to see that there's a market for that from startups to uh, large enterprises. And mm -hmm. uh, so, But anyways, uh, going back to 
process is uh, the reason why you want to do UX beforehand is because of what I said earlier. And then, so then what you'll do then is uh, you try to do your demographic research and then you will try to also understand the business needs of what the business is trying to develop. Uh, and then also all the features that are going into the application and try to identify if those features are important to the business and to the users. Um, because sometimes the business tries to throw uh, the whole kitchen in there, like mm -hmm. without really starting so, plumbing. Do you, okay, so I have a question for you because um, I think that um, maybe a lot of people don't know when they should start thinking about UX. Um, and, and what I find in marketing is, um, there's a lot of behind the scenes work for product development and, you know, a business rollout and stuff like that. Um, how quickly or how early on in the process of building a business or whatever, should they be thinking about this? Is it something that is, I mean, cause it's very tech heavy, right? And if you're not tech savvy, like you don't even know where to go or what, who, what to ask for. I think that it should be in the beginning stages of any mm -hmm. business um, because it's going to help you in the long run. Um, right. Rather than trying to just, you know, a person with an idea talks to some software developers and then they get the product finished, MVP, mm -hmm. uh, which means for minimum viable product, mm -hmm. out, and then they get a lot of complaints because the UX is bad uh, or the experience is bad or the functionality is just not quite working. Uh, so I think it's very important to have a UI UX designer on board in the beginning with the development uh, team. Can uh, they can, work hand in hand with each other? Can uh, can you be involved in um, like a like let's say they don't have software, they don't have a product, maybe it's like service based. Like, is UI UX just as important in for a service based business? Like, let's say someone who's a chiropractor and needs a website like should they be considering ui ux at all like for their website yeah i'm glad you bring up a chiropractor uh actually one of my clients right now uh owns a chiropractic business uh, they have three offices here in san diego and mm -hmm. um yeah and now i guess the same so this is the story behind that so same thing. They had an idea to kind of bring online physical therapy, so like virtual, so you can do your physical therapy at home just by watching videos. Um, but I guess the problem is that their users are older. They're in their 40s and up, 40s and 60s. Mm -hmm. um, but they don't really know how to cater to them. Uh, mm -hmm. Right, with technology. They just know how to add functionality and just make it work, but they don't know how to make the functionality cater to the actual user and where should it, where should that functionality be catered to and when. Mm -hmm. um, so now they brought me on board to help them kind of reiterate the whole application that they're developing um, mm -hmm. because uh, they, um, they need it, you know, because they're getting complaints uh, that you know they're they're getting, they're getting good comments that they like what they see but they want it to of course function better for them right and how did that conversation start like 
how would someone know that they need someone like you? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's. Unfortunately, uh, I think it happens too late. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I said things. Uh, that's why I feel very strongly that the UI UX designer should be in the very early stages of any type of software development phase. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, before you even go to software development, I think that the person who's creating an idea or a product or a service that they really um, bring on a designer on board. Because what we do is we, we, we're critical thinkers uh, mm -hmm. and we really try to understand who we're catering to. Right. Uh, because the mindset's different and like our job is different than what an engineer is, software engineer. Mm -hmm. um, not saying that software engineers don't care about users and things like that, but it's just that their understanding or level of it is mm -hmm. not good because they don't do that every day, you know? Right, it's right. Like um, where our job is to, you know, be able to go out there and speak to users, uh, be able to uh, develop prototypes very quickly and test it on users and get their feedback and interview them, do video mm -hmm. interviews, do surveying, hate and mm -hmm. testing to, uh, to pretty much um, uh, see if our hypothesis is true or not, mm -hmm. to clarify everything that we're creating. And then so, we're also listening to the users and not just the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that, um, I guess depending on what type of product you're building or what you know business you're working with, I think it's um, it's all part of like the building phase in terms of well, especially if you're working with startups, because I feel like people have ideas and then they want to launch them really quickly without doing the research of right. kind of customer development. It falls in line of customer development phase. Yeah, like for example, I came from. Uh... Uh, last company I worked at, um, um, they were like the Google of slot machine gaming in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. and uh, a huge company, about five thousand employees there. Uh, I worked in the systems uh, D and D department, so design development, search mm -hmm. uh, department, and uh, they didn't have a UI UX designer there for like fifteen years. It was just all all engineers making everything. And mm -hmm. they were getting by, but they, I mean, they were also putting on putting out fires daily mm -hmm. as of all the complaints they were getting. And finally, when I was brought on board, uh, and also not to mention that they spent millions of dollars on people going on site to these casinos and train, training the employees. Because mm -hmm. I worked on the enterprise SaaS applications mm -hmm. and, um, and train, training the employees. So, so spending millions of dollars on just training users on how to use an application. I think if you have to train users on how to use an application, you have already failed. Mm, that's interesting. Um, you have already failed. Um, it should be depending on the application, like if it's. Um, so would you say an ideal project would be like an actual software thing that you're building or like, can this be applied to something like a website that is rolling out? That's a very, um, it's a simple website, like something like I offer services, right? But like, I don't, I don't have a product like a software piece or like a portal or anything that people are looking into. 
would you say that someone like me needs your services? Uh, yeah, because like, for example, if you're trying to put call to action buttons on a page, mm -hmm. I mean, it's simple things, but there's a lot of different studies out there. For example, different heat or eye movement patterns that mm -hmm. people aren't really aware of or think of when they're designing, you know, like one thing I try to avoid is making your eyes having to go in different Z patterns. So going across the screen from left to right so much text box sizes should be a certain length or the whole page should be a certain length because if it goes, uh, too far, you know, past like, for example, 960 pixels, which I think is fine, mm -hmm. page, but you try to go to like 1920 pixels. Mm -hmm. Aging your text is going all the way across that. It's just getting too long, right? And then also the yeah. color that should be gray, should be black on the contrast. What's the hierarchy of the information you're really trying to, trying right. to do this? Um, right. I think it's it's funny because like I never considered myself a UI UX designer, but like those are very key things when I'm building like a, a starter website for a client, like something that they just need up. Um they have you know they have oh like a wix template or something that's like not built from scratch or anything and they've they've put like um their buttons like different formats or like their their text is black and then their buttons are black so there's no like that comes to the ui yeah oh yeah and it's just like for me like as a person visual person like i want to see where the call to action is like I want my eye to go there and I understand that as a user, but then, you know, some people don't realize like that is built into like the, the stuff that we know and yeah. why, you know, it's good to like involve someone who has experience in that. Um, yeah. Because even if it's a simple call to action button, mm -hmm. people can some people can miss that. And if that's like, if you're, for example, it's your contact information and, your sole way of getting clients is for people to contact you through email. Yeah. The phone number. And if they miss that, it's simple to, to me. I don't know about to others, but yeah. If like, if you just place it in the wrong place on screen and it's missed, I don't mm -hmm. know, 30% of the time, that's 30% of people that you're not that mm -hmm. triggering. Um, right. And I think that, I think it's, I mean, I for so long had like my brand colors, which are like navy and like light peach and white. Um, and my buttons were the same as my text. And so there was like, no, there was like fluidity throughout. So everything was branded, but the call to actions were not standing out. Right. So I had to add another like light blue as my button because even though it didn't, fit within my brand guide, my brand, you know, my branding and my colors. Um, it had to stand out from that because everyone always knew like okay, navy blue and like light peach and white are you. Now like you need something that like pops out of that. Like even if it's just like contact me or book now or download this thing. You know, it's that's something I think a lot of people don't think about when they're building their website or or their product. Not at all. You know? Let me be honest. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes you have to try, or at least uh, my job, I feel like it's my job to try and uh, kind of steer the car in the right direction for mm -hmm. my um, clients mm -hmm. or even the business or even at like the uh, companies where I worked at. 
sometimes they don't understand it. They, yeah. they like they just don't. And because at this point, it also like a designer is also one of those things that like either you have it or you don't. It also comes with intuition and also years mm -hmm. of doing. And if you're speaking to an engineer about mm -hmm. the decision that you're making, they're just kind of like, mm, like, is, is it yes or no? Zeros or ones? Like kind of like mm -hmm. the logic that goes to software development. Um, they just may not understand it or the um, VPs or the um, executive staff, they might understand it, but they should be able to trust your intuition on what you're doing. And actually, for example, like I was saying, like I was working at that company for the last few years and a couple of years and uh, I was able to save them over $3 million uh, per year worth of, uh, on training because wow. I was able to design the applications in a way that it required less. Right. They didn't, to go on, they didn't need to go on site anymore as often mm -hmm. to train the employees on how to use the application because of the methods that I used. Um, not right. that I'm the best designer or anything out there. It's just I was able to see real results in what I'm doing. So yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. That that brings up a point because like I was looking for an app recently, like a creative app, and I couldn't find the one that was on iPhone or whatever. I have a Google phone, so it's Android and I was downloading a few apps and then I would go in and it wasn't intuitive for me to like know how to use it. And I'm a creative person and I have so many apps on my phone. I ended up just deleting it and like um, uninstall, like they lost a user that may be brand loyal to them if it was like a good app. And like, there's, you know, what apps, come to mind like when I mean you mentioned Airbnb um, what apps come to mind when you of apps that you've seen change and like you know that they're actively investing in UI UX mm -hmm. all right exactly and I mean and Airbnb has other competitors too you know but there's a reason why some of these people reach the top mm-hmm right and why why do you think that um, why do you think that like I mean we mentioned users right like so they lost me as a user why is that important? Uh, because the business has money. Yeah, right. That's money that they lost. Like if maybe you're using the free version, but they have a version that's a dollar a month or two dollars mm -hmm. subscription or a dollar per year. Um, maybe you like the free features you're like hey maybe i maybe i really like them enough to buy their service mm -hmm. you, you do that right and then you pay for it and then well i think it you know and then they that and then they gain money and then they also cater your need to your needs mm -hmm. and then also it's very important for the company to listen to your feedback because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there that get feedback right uh, there's a lot of people that don't but it's very important to listen to the ones that do yeah i think um that brings to mind like you know the um, apps where you use to like ride the scooters and like how there's like line and lift and bird mm -hmm. i think right now i don't think there's any other ones but like it really is based on like user experience like how easy is it to book that scooter yeah and like i have a friend who is loyal to Lime because they like their app better than Bird. 
it has nothing to do with like the functionality of the scooter, um, but it definitely is keeps them using Lime over Uber or Bird, right? And like when it comes to investors now, if uh, an investor is looking at these apps, they're gonna look at users on Lime and then users on Bird and then users on Lyft and then figure out like, why should we invest in all three of these apps if they're the same or in these businesses, right? Why do we want them to grow? So it is very important. It's like, keeps people, <laughs> um, I guess, on your app longer. Same with like Facebook, like if Facebook started having a really crappy app, like people wouldn't be on it. Exactly. And then they lose money. Yeah. yeah. And Facebook, you can argue that it's not the greatest app anymore. Um, no. But it's one of but the- But I think that's like algorithm based, but you know, that's another story. Yeah. And, and I think now they're, they just put too much in it. Mm-hmm. It's not what it was, but that's again, that's a business call more than like a UI UX call. Right. But exactly. And it can be improved, definitely. I mean, there's always room for improvement. That's the thing. Like, if Facebook was a hire me right now, I would go in and try to tear the place up because I think it can be done better. And there's just better ways of doing it. Um, not to say that it is, but I would definitely fight for it. Yeah. What I believe in and what I think can. Uh, okay. I have a very um, um, important question for you. So what app have you deleted because of poor UI UX? Do you know anyone? Because you're a UI UX person, so. Uh, for example, uh, I deleted the Bird app, actually. You did? Yeah. Oh, my God. And it was mainly because, and this was like, um, I, it was a few months ago at least. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's because you needed to put at least a minimum of ten dollars in the mm. in the app, and before you didn't have to. Right. And it was in such a rush at that time. Yeah. Where I didn't want to like 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 hook up all my accounts at that moment and put that in, and then so and then I used Lyft, and then Lyft Lyft's app is actually better. Yeah. Than Bird's app. Um, Bird is more popular, and also uh, the thing is that was a, a bad user experience for me. The, I'm not even talking about the UI, I'm just talking about the whole experience of making me, and that's a bit, I'm sure that was from business and not from like the mm -hmm. product team that wanted to put that feature in there. Um, right, so like in order to sign up for Bird, you have to like put a minimum of $10, right? But like yeah. you couldn't even ride the scooter until you put that minimum $10. Yeah, yeah. and then I saw a Lyft scooter right next to it. I'm like, well, okay, well, I'm just going to go right ahead and just connect yeah. right now and just have it take money out of my account. Mm -hmm. I'll just ride the scooter I need to get to. Or like, yeah, $2 or $3. Because the reason why I'm riding a scooter is because I need to get somewhere. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not riding a scooter because I'm doing it for fun. Like, mm -hmm. I need to get from point A to point B and I want to get to point A. I want to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible. Right, exactly. Um, and that's well, more experience yeah bringing it back to like websites and stuff i think that um you know the amount of clicks you need to get to like where you need to go also becomes part of the experience yeah exactly like uh, one thing that we're we're seeing a lot for a long time is just virtual scroll 
uh, where everything's just in one single page. Oh yeah. <laughs> rolling, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And that was like the best thing ever, you know? What Why was the name of that? Virtual okay. school. Oh, there was another name that I knew of, but. Um, hmm. Um, but, um, what was I saying? So not, and still people are stuck on that, but I believe, I think scrolling too much is just too mm -hmm. much. There needs to be a balance between scrolling and switching between pages mm -hmm. at the right moment. Depends what your task is. Right. Um, if you're doing a form, like for example, when you're filling out an application, mm -hmm. uh, and then they ask for your work history and they want like the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine a whole page going through all that? Yeah. Then you're broken up. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like when you apply for a job, um, like in person, and then they hand you like a 10 piece, 10 piece of page or like a packet of 10 pages, and you have to fill that out. You're like, um, bye. Like you walk out, you know, because exactly. it's a lot of work to do all That's that. You want your job, but. Um, hmm? It depends how bad you want that job. Oh, right? yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, but I, I definitely think that that's just like a quick mm -hmm. thing I can think of, like where you shouldn't have like a long page scroll. And because that was like the biggest thing. And, like I just had a client right now, not right now, but uh, like maybe a couple months ago, talk to me and say, yeah, let's just put everything in one page and once in a long scroll. I'm like, no, it's just too much. Like, yeah. I, I was getting into the whys on why you shouldn't do that with them. Mm -hmm. And finally, like after going a few rounds on it, trying to explain that to them, then, then arguing back with me, <laughs> uh, we were able to steer away from their idea of having it like that and then going with what I did uh, initially and mm -hmm. working out fine. So I have to ask you, so when, when these uh, conversations are happening, is this before or after you've already like landed them a as a client or is a lot of this done prior to, uh, you know, during your sales process in terms of showcasing what you can do? Cause I, uh, someone right. asked me that yesterday, like, can you give out free stuff like for what you do? Cause we're very like service-based businesses. Um, and I, I, I guess I'll answer that too, but I want to know like how much of your process is done like how much can you do before you actually start getting paid? Like I do research. Mm -hmm. sure. I don't do any mock designs unless they ask. Um, mm -hmm. And now I'm starting because mock designs can take a while too. Like that mm -hmm. takes right. And I don't want to spend my time doing that and then giving the client an idea. Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, kind of like a, an answer and an answer to the question, and they go off and maybe take that and do it on their own. Uh, right. In that situation, and then so I think that that time should be valued. Maybe I should get paid even just a little, a little bit for that mm -hmm. time if they want me to do that. Um, because I've been doing that lately, and I'm just starting out. But uh, I, I think it's important to value your time, and I don't think that you should be giving out anything for free. If you talk. Yeah. To very successful people they always tell you don't do it for free yeah you know and i think yeah. for me like in order for me to properly give analysis and you know there's a lot of research like you said for 
me looking at a client's account, me looking at their code, me looking at their analytics and stuff like I need access to their existing accounts. Yes. And unless we have a contract or unless we have like some type of agreement in place or they've paid me for a certain amount of time, like it's very difficult to, to even do something or put something together if you don't have access to that stuff. Like, cause I, I'm going to use this analogy because I came into my brain last night and I started, started really like really trying to leverage it is like the iceberg, right? Like we are both icebergs, but like you see the, the top of the water, like you see all that, like you see a nice website, it's like user-friendly or you see like their content on social, they have a presence, um, it's online presence, they're online like us. But the bottom part is all the stuff that goes into like what makes it look good and what makes it function well and load properly and all of that. So it's very important to understand that there's a lot of different layers to tech. Um, and so really finding out you know, when you are, if you have a product or a business and you're not sure about where to start, just have conversations with, with experts or people in your network to figure out what you really need, you know, and it's, and value the, that person's time because their knowledge is based on all of their work in terms of whether it's school trained or business trained, you know, in companies or on their own. And it's not a lot of it's not stuff that they can just like Google and then figure out like, yeah, we might learn by Google. I've learned by Google. I've learned by my peers, but like it's all in my head too. And I can't articulate that in a, if I don't have a conversation and start really showing um, what, a, what I can do, you know, outside of just some pretty images on social media. Yeah. And then in your case, uh, I'm trying to figure out like, because with design, with UI UX design, if a client asks me to give them like a case study or something of that nature, I can show them something. Yeah. With you and and digital marketing, I feel like mm -hmm. it's time to show something. Yeah. Like, it doesn't happen overnight. Like I could design a screen in an hour or less, uh, but you can't really show. I don't know, right. It, you really can't show anything in that amount of time, right? Like the client needs to hire you for over a month, I'd say, to really see some results. Yeah. So hey, what I, happened to your video? My video? Yeah, it's gone. Oh, no. So, <laughs> okay, there you are. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that is super, like, um, I wish I had an image to show you because I have one. Let me try to pull it up. So basically, um, I don't want to take too much more time because I think we've talked about UI UX a lot, but um, there's a lot of, uh, like, I just implemented an ad thing for a client. And um, there was, on their website, there, the code was implemented and the code there was like duplicate code that was basically canceling out a JavaScript um, thing. And it basically allowed, like basically did not allow the data to be collected on the Google ads campaign. So the campaign was saying it's not working. 
Meanwhile, I would look at the source code of the website and I could see it, but there was two places that it was placed. And so it was basically canceling out the actual code so it can record all the data. And now this is like something that's not like me creating like a social media image and putting it up on our social page, but it's related to like their ads campaign, which is social media and everything else that we're doing, like driving traffic to their website and all of that. But you can't, like that's not stuff you can really learn. You have, to, like I have to have access to their website. I have to have access to the Google ads account. Um, I have to like, also reach out to my network thankful that i have like a lot of people that are ads experts and i talked to three different people and it wasn't until i actually talked to a javascript coder that like we really figured out the problem mm -hmm. you know and it's like that it took two weeks to figure out because you're like using people's time and kind of figuring out you know trying not to spend too many too many hours and thankfully i was able to like figure it out but like that's right time now that i understand it it's great because i'm like if this issue ever happens or like i know to put the right um code in when i'm building a website if i'm building a website from scratch or i'm working on a project like that because it's not and that happens all the time with code like mm -hmm. you know because i had to learn front or i don't have to but i wanted to teach myself how to code my designs to life. Yeah. And um, I was able to, but going through that process, you know, like I saw that happening in my code all the time in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you still see it like in professional world where code cancels each other out also because maybe you have different developers working on it and then they just right first initial code correctly and just end up canceling that out and then do their due diligence. And that's another thing, like, for example, like, we do not just UI UX, but Pixelist, we also do custom software solutions. You know, we do mm -hmm. JavaScript, we do Angular, we do .NET, we do Java, we do Objective-C, Swift, and uh -huh. blah, blah, you go down the line. I mean, because it all becomes similar. Uh, yeah. And HTML, CSS, of course. But, um, but when you have, so when you have people coming into, uh, as a client, when you have a new client coming on and they already had a previous development team working on um, working on their product, my job and also my team's job is to make sure that we look through the code first and make sure we understand everything before we even write anything. Mm -hmm. Last thing we need to do is add more unnecessary code to what's probably already there. So right. I want to I want to clean the house pretty much before even adding new furniture. Right. That. Yeah. So I, the I'm showing this image because I kind of had to like map it out. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. Um. Just to get it out of my brain because my brain was like on like it was going crazy with all of this information in my head. But like this up here, I don't know if you can see. My my cursor on the top right is like the pixel code, the Facebook pixel analytics. Like this, whenever I'm building a website, it must be in there already. Like I have to put it in there. Like even if we don't plan to do ads because they launched the website six months ago and never put it in and now they want to do ads. And it took us two, three weeks to like get it resolved because the person didn't put the code in, in the beginning. 
right? right. And like when we're doing this whole like social media campaign with posts and driving traffic to the website, you can see like the top part is the social media posts and then each one drives traffic to the website right here. Hold on. Right here. And then, you know, you're gathering the data with the pixels and stuff like that. And then you can start doing ads. Like if you don't have all of these, like all working together from the get go, then your ads will never be successful. And this is just remarketing ads. There's obviously different ways, but like I wanted to showcase this because it was part of the example. I mean, this is not the best looking <laughs> image, but it's what I had in my head. And I'm like, okay, this is how I can explain it to people. You know, if you don't have all of these things working together, then you're not going to be successful. You know, you start gathering data in month one, then maybe you ramp it up and then in month three you adjust. So it's minimum you you have to at least invest the time into seeing what works, you know. Mm -hmm. And take that time. Like you can't you can't just do one social media post and then hope that your ad is successful. Because if they're not correlating, then what's the yeah. point? So it's like a cycling process. Mm-hmm. And this is what people see, one, two, three. That, that's all they see. Mm. They don't see any of this <laughs> at all, you know? Like your users or even sometimes people within the company, they don't see any of that. And this, is, and this isn't even everything. This is just yeah. a, a high-level understanding. Right, right. What it is. Right, exactly. To lower-level information, oh, my God, I can only imagine. Mm -hmm. Just even like FB Pixel itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How much goes into just that, and then you have your Google. How much goes into that? Mm -hmm. that's, <laughs> that's why you're talking about the iceberg, because that's mm -hmm. exactly it. You just mm -hmm. see this, but you don't see even right. this much. But then, like, you don't see like the big giant ball of information and like designs or analytics that's being used or code. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well. Just like an application too, like people mm -hmm. just see it work, right? See the code behind it, right? Exactly. Thousands and thousands and thousands of lines of code that go behind mm -hmm. just being able to sign up and pay for something, right? Exactly. Well, I think that um, we've talked a lot about UI UX. We could probably do another whole nother show on it and show some examples. Um, but I, I. Uh, and it's been 40 minutes, so I kind of want to let you go. I know we're busy on work today. We're busy schedule. So mm -hmm. um, I think next week we're going to bring a guest in. So we have three people lined up. So Yeah, I'll be virtual. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can do virtual again like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you want to meet them in person. Oh. No, it'll be virtual. Okay. Yeah. For sure. So um, if you are watching this on the replay or if you've joined us even for a little bit on live, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube. We are obviously growing this. It's um, a passion project for Chris and I, and we hope that you learn something about UI UX and what our skill set is. Um, you can also subscribe to us on. This is the Business AF podcast, where it's all business most of the time. You can listen on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
You can subscribe to us on YouTube at businessafpod.com. If you like what you hear and you want to let people know, don't forget to tag us using hashtag businessaf.